This is The Coolest Show brought to you by Hip Hop Caucuses. Think 100%. It's the coolest show you know. Keep the culture connected. It's the coolest show you know. In your ear, yeah, respect the expert level information, entertainment, education. Rev here, we got you covered as you hit your destination. Climate rules everything around me. Cream. For those who lost focus, close your eyes and just dream. Open your third eye, now the world is your off. Coolest, coolest show you know. It's the Hip Hop Caucus. This is Rev Yearwood. I'm sitting here with former Atlanta Council member and former mayor mayoral candidate and now professor at Tuskegee. Uh, yes, I'm on the staff. On the staff at Tuskegee. Yes. Uh, Dr. Gloria Tinnable. Dr. Gloria, how yes. are you doing? I'm excellent. How are you, Brother Yearwood? I'm doing well. I guess we want to get right to it. Yes. You know, the conversation in the town has been around Stop Hot City. People are talking about what do we do at this moment. My, my question for you, that you bring on the conversation of the of economics. Yes. And how that can be used in a way to help foster and put forth more real ways of changing things. Yes. So first, let's uh, talk your time on the city council. Yes. Yes. How, how was that? Uh, well, I uh, you were doing a time when at the time also when a lot was happening then. Absolutely, I was elected to the council in 1993, and so I served from 94 until 1998. So I served during the time of the Olympics, when a lot of economic development was going on and a lot of displacement was going on, and where community voice uh, was being drowned out by. Um, dollars that were being invested right. in the city to bring this whole project to to Atlanta. So um, even though there were people in big numbers who said we shouldn't do X, Y, and Z, we shouldn't you know close these public housing facilities, we shouldn't um, do um, eminent domain in certain areas and move people out of their homes. Um, the dollars, the, the economic issues dominated everything else. And so it's a similar kind of situation that we that we face today in terms of the city, where it's about the dollars and not um, about what's necessarily in the best interest of the community long term. It's always about short term profits is what tends to motivate a lot of the economic decisions that are made. But the thing that I always want to encourage people to be reminded of is while we know about the demonstrations that went on during the civil rights movement and the work that Dr. King did, the power is really in the economic impact that those demonstrations had. When people stopped riding the buses, right. when people stopped riding the buses and the bottom lines of the bus companies were impacted, that's when they said, we reconsider this thing. Up in Chicago, Operation Red Basket, when they decided to say, we're not going to patronize certain businesses if you don't give contracts to black businesses, if you don't patronize our black banks or, or, or give um, ads to our black newspapers, right. Right. we're not going to patronize your your business, whether it was an ice cream company that Dr. King talked about or whatever. So we've got to understand that we have three things that we need to, to push and organize around. Not just our ballot 
and voting next year during the city yep. council election or the city elections. We've got to be educated, and this is what this uh, summit has been about, yep. uh, which is the book part, which is what Maynard Jackson talks about. But we've got to really use our bucks, like our dollars. You talked about Norfolk uh, Southern in your in your in your remarks yep. today. Um, I. After you talked, I looked up, looked up their revenue. They, they have a revenue of about $11.8 billion dollars right. is what they generate annually yeah. um, all over the place. They have, you know, monies from the agricultural sector, um, construction, and all that kind of stuff. We need to look at all the companies that generate revenues for them and figure out how we can impact those companies, right? So we need to look at Bonlock. Right. And that's the only thing they respond to. They don't respond to anything else. They don't respond to what's best, that you said, in the interest of even their own children. Right. No. <laughs> so you know they're not going to care about our community. No. So, yeah, money is, is what, what's greed, is, as you indicated, is what's driving this. Well, let's, let's walk through that, because I know that what will help any community is more resources, uh, the more resources they have, the more safer they become. Yes. Um, and so we, we know that. So let's, let's get to the one, two, threes of what should be done now. We know that this is going to referendum, hopefully. Mm -hmm. That's the goal to get enough signatures to be put a referendum. And then from there, we, it will come to ballot. But even long term, I think the idea here from the community is that what, what can we do? How can we use our dollar to stop this? But even more importantly, how can we bring dollars to our community? Right, right. But first of all, we have to decide what it is we want, mm. right? We have to decide what is it we want to see in our community. And we have to be clear about that and agree on that. Because right now, you've got some people saying one thing and some people saying another. And because we're not organized, we're not in agreement about what it is that we want to see in our communities, we, we, we can't advocate together, yeah. right? So what is it that we want to see? Well, for me, I'm a grandmother. I'm a mother of four and a grandmother of seven. Mm. I want a community that is that that takes care of my my family my, and, and my people long term, yeah. right? That means that you've got good paying uh, uh, jobs, you've got clean air, clean water, right. Uh, we, we own and control the resources, the majority of the resources that are in our community. We're creating wealth, and we're doing that on a consistent basis. And so, if we could say, okay, this is what we want, this is what we want to see, then how do we get there, right? So we've got to make sure that we that, that the city, our tax dollars from the city, the county, the state, the national government invest in those things that. We, generate the, the outcome that we want to see. So that that's right, means that's right. we want investments in um, our infrastructure, of course, because we need the roads and bridges and all that stuff with broadband, right? We need investment, real quality right. education right. for our kids. And we need our businesses, and this is what Maynard talked about. He made sure that the dollars that was coming in that the city was spending on contracts, yeah. that black businesses got their fair share of. So, so as long we are not going to be able to impact the political because we're so strung out trying to take care of our economic needs. Right. People don't, people can't even think about politics, but if you take care of their economic well-being, then they'll have the time, the energy, the resources 
to, to, to address the political. It's because we don't have our economic needs being met that we, we don't show up at the ballot box. Right. We don't have time to show up because we're working Which, minimum wage jobs. Too stressed to. Yeah, too stressed. Two or three jobs. I'm never going to have time to do anything else. So we've got to take care of the economic needs, right? The well-being of the people so that they can then be able to impact the political. Because the people who are impacting the political are the people who have the economic right, right. Let me ask you this question. At the Hip Hop Caucus, so we have a campaign that deals with climate justice. Mm-hmm. We also have a campaign that deals with economic justice. Mm-hmm. One campaign is called to bank black and green, mm-hmm. um, combining those two things together. In other words, looking at economic justice through the lens of climate justice. Mm-hmm. Um, one, why is that important? And two, the idea behind that campaign is also looking at our banking process. Mm-hmm. One, how they're funding these projects that we don't want, mm-hmm. but also how we can make them u- use our dollars. Just in general, how we're using our money. Mm-hmm. So why is it important to connect the dots between economic justice and climate justice? Absolutely important, and, and environmental justice in, 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 in general. Right. Um, one of the things that I'm doing uh, with Tuskegee right now is I brought together the EPA's Environmental Justice Academy uh, with uh, a course that I teach on community economics. So I created this institute called Community Institute for Community Economists where I train people basically for free. I get people to sponsor it. And we show them the connection between the economy and the environment because they're all interconnected. There's no, you can't talk about one in, without the other. So when we talk about those campaigns, I would hope that it's environment, economics, and the social, all of it together. It, that's what the economy is about. So it's, it's one thing, it's not pieces. And so I think that when people see that with most economic development, if you're not careful to impact the environment, Right. If, if, if they may, you know, create, you know, issues with runoff, like issues with pollution or whatever in our community. So we know that economic development, if we're not careful, will impact the environment negatively. Right. So when we do economic development, environmental people must be at the table to help guide that development. Right. And, and, and like you said, we have to use strategic and make sure that we have a community benefits plan that looks at all of these things, the economy, the, the, the uh, environment, as well as the social well-being of the people in the community. So it's, it's, it's all one thing. Like you were saying, we all, it's just one earth. No, it is. What world on humanity? There's no this over here and that over there. It's all one thing. So we have to talk holistically when we talk about community economic development. And we should talk about community economic. We shouldn't call it just economic development. It's called it should be called community economic development because the community is at the table. Dr. Tinder, I just have one last question for you. Um, you were a former elected official in the great city of Atlanta, the great state of Georgia. Um, If you could talk to your, if you were on the council today, I'm assuming, you can say for yourself, that you would have been a part of those (laughs) who would have voted no on Upping Cop City. But now that it has been voted, what, what would you go back and tell, what would you want to tell 
they're, they're, they're now council members. Yes. But yes. why this is important? You know, um, we have been co-opted into a business model, as you talked about, that is driven by the profit motive, which is it doesn't matter if whatever we're producing, whether it's a good or service, whether it's in the best interest of society as a whole, as long as it creates profit for us, that's all that matters, which is an, it's insane, right? It's an insane model. It doesn't make sense. It, it may be good for people short term in terms of monetary, but there's more to the economy than just money. You know, we the economy involves the original definition of economics and economy was the management of the household for the long-term benefit of all of its members. That's our individual household, our, our larger household, our urban household, for the long-term benefit of all of its members. But what they've done is they've co-opted the, the name and the language of economics, and they've now used it to, you know, to manipulate um, property for short-term gain. So we have to not accept that definition and go back to the original definition and say that this is supposed to be about the interest of the entire communities, long-term interest. And we may not get everything we want, but they should not always get everything they want at our expense. Right. So part of what I do with my, my Institute for Community Economics, which is open to anybody, uh, elected officials I initially created to um, to train elected officials because when I was on the council as well as when I was on the in the Georgia General Assembly, I, I realized that my colleagues didn't know anything about community economics. And um and they needed to know. And they were voting based on special interests that got their interest. Just to show you, when I was um in the Georgia General Assembly and when they did our um orientation. We were given the orientation by uh, existing members of the council. The orientation was done by all the special interest groups. That's great. They gave the businesses oh my at the capital in the capital were the ones who gave us our orientation. And so we've got to start with things. So what, what we need to do is really Stop with the young people. Right. The kids who are in high school, college, let's get them educated. That's right. And have them run for office. Right. Yeah. They can do it. We need them to do it. Get these young people in these positions. They have more energy than these other folks. We, they, they know the technology. Mm -hmm. Let's get them motivated and get them the knowledge they need to be able to do this work and do it in the interest because the young people are there. They care about climate change. They care about environmental stuff. Some of the old school folks said, okay, my background is I have a master's in agricultural economics and a PhD in applied economics with a, with a concentration in natural resources. So that has always been my orientation. I grew up on a a small, my father was a small farmer in South Carolina. I was born on a former plantation in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. So I come from, you know, a, a background of like honoring Mother Earth. That's definitely. Right? And, and, and working with Mother Earth and knowing that it's 
a part of what we do and what we bring as people of African descent. We we never saw the earth as something to be extracted from and, and, and raped and taken, you know, control over for our benefit. We saw it as working with us and rejuvenating her so that she could continue to give back to us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to teach people about that kind of philosophy. I think Gloria, how can people find you? They want to find you. How can folks find you? Right. Well, they can they can uh, reach out to me on my website, which is communityeconomist.com. That's community economist, E-C-O-N-O-M-I-S-T-S dot com. There you can send me an email. Um, if you're interested in joining our uh, class, I have a class starting with this coming. Uh, Friday. I want to tell you about that. Um, I do my classes four times a year. Um, this is my summer session, so it starts this Friday, and it will run for five consecutive Fridays in a row from one to four. So people can learn about some of the things that we talked about um, at, on on that at that uh, training, and it's for free. Just apply for a scholarship, and we'll, everybody who wants a scholarship love gets one. I love that. Right. So join us for our training, and then we'll have another one in October. There it is. Dr. Gloria Tinamu, thank you so much. And we're going to keep fighting to stop conflict. Absolutely. And thank you for your work. Thank you. So, everybody, this is Rev Yearwood from the Hip Hop Caucus. And I'm here with Shar here in Atlanta. She's worked with Hip Hop Caucus on many, many issues, particularly around respect, my vote, there's other things. I think are important. And right now, obviously, we're just kind of hanging out, having this conversation. That's really that many of you are talking about across. There's obviously connection with the pieces around move of Black Lives, there's pieces around environmental justice. So it clearly has been something that people have been talking about in the movement. Um, it's around Cop City. But first, how are you doing? I'm amazing. How I'm doing good. It's good. I'm glad you're amazing. I'm glad you're here. We had a little joke, y'all, but I was teasing her. <laughs> Not teasing, but we're talking about, because I've always heard people say Shaw Bates, and so, and uh, she's like, no, my name is Shaw. So, y'all know that, right? That's, yeah, that's, check it out. <laughs> yeah, you ain't call me my whole name. Yeah, you ain't got to go through the whole thing, you know what I mean? It's there. So, Shaw, what's going on with Cop City? <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, it's been a the Atlanta activists and Thanks. people that not only been on Cop City since we started it back in 2020, 2021, um, but who stayed on it, you know. Um, I personally, you know, kind of got off when we hit so many dead roads um, because the thing is that a lot of people don't know is they've been on this property. This isn't something new. They're not buying something. APD been on this property, Cab been on this property, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, it's not a secret also that uh, Atlanta's current training facilities, they're renting other facilities, and the ones that they have is molded and milled. Yeah. That's also not a secret, you know? Um, so we put that out there on the floor. Definitely. They need a new training facility. Um, where the problem came in is where Atlanta has not only one of the biggest homeless problems in the nation, um, but we also have the largest wealth gap in the country. A lot of people talk about the racism and different things and the police brutality problems going on in Atlanta, but push all of that over. 
because we got a black administration, we got a black mayor, you know what I'm saying? Like the problem is Atlanta suffers from classism, Mm. period. What does that mean when you say that? That means that you ain't just worrying about, you know, white folks and the men that don't like, you know what I'm saying? The people according to the color of your hue. These are, you know, rich, educated, you know, powerful black people who are just as much against certain classes of people mm-hmm. as, you know, the people that we call the white supremacists. Yeah. And they have their interests at the forefront of everything. And so, you know, for them to, so when people that they support or people that support them want certain things done, they're going to go along with those things, whether they want to agree with it or feel that it's the right thing in their heart or not, they're going to go along with it because that's who their alliances are with. Um, and when it came to Cop City, we were totally against it from the beginning. Like we fought very, very hard for a very long time. I want y'all to know this, you know, because it's a lot of people like, oh, it's people in Atlanta that, you know, oh, they're not, you know, speaking up because of political associations and, you know, proximity to, you know, people that are over this. And that is true on some, but it's not true on all of us. A lot of us was fighting this so hard. And we went to the top of where we were able to go at that moment and nothing else was able to happen because of the fact that, like, first of all, (laughs) let's be real here. Above all, when it gets to environmental, that's like top gun. You can't hit something with environmental. That's some serious stuff right there. It is. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is that it's so many different factors at play here. You know, even down to Tortuguita, yeah. you know, God rest his soul. You know, um, the fact of the matter is, come on, y'all, let's be real here. You talking about three different law enforcement agencies and nobody got no body cam? APD got to wear body cam. I know because I helped make it happen. Mm. The cab, the, the Georgia State, first of all, why is the Georgia State Patrol even able to not have body cams? What are, let's, no, let's, let's well, go. You know that, what I'm saying? And that and that tort Tortuguita was shot 57 times. 57 times. No video of him actually shooting at a cop. No gun residue. Right. No residue on his body. Like let's let's be for real. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, you know the the real problem here is the militarization of the police, just like what they did with him. Why is it that a person cannot? protest what's going on you know and you know it was a lot around but that's the question right that is the question because we're here in atlanta atlanta is like not only is it kind of de facto now capital of hip-hop in some aspects Mm -hmm. it's also the place where civil rights is kind of known for being born so i think that when people are watching this and hearing this they're thinking that listen budgets are things that, from a priority standpoint, okay, yes, training, okay, we, great, you know, cleaning up molds, important. But when you have homelessness, you have mental health issues, you have health care, education, you have all these different things, and it just seems like it's this continuation of the militarization of police, people like, something is off. And I guess I want to just go to the point you mentioned because that people aren't as bold as you and a lot of the poets we know 
well, coming out and speaking out was spoke out before was popular over the things we got. But there's still this hesitancy, right? That they're going to lose their place in life. Like as though they're not going to be invited to the cool things or whatever it's like. I'm, I, and that's that's unfortunate because as particularly black people, when we see what we have gone through, it's like if your place in line is what's keeping you from speaking up, that's that's wrong. No, absolutely. Um, the thing is, is that, and like I said, they're standing on the fact that, you know, a new training center is needed. They've been planning for it, blah, blah, blah. They're renting. But here's the thing. We don't have a problem. We want y'all to have better training. The problem that we have, Cop City, which we've had from the beginning, is y'all setting up these fake neighborhoods to go and raid people and kill them in their homes and endanger the entire neighborhood when half the time y'all don't even have warrants for what y'all doing. Half the time y'all going in there, you know what I'm saying, full-blown combat mode, like y'all looking for Saddam Hussein and killing 20-year-old kids like Jimmy Atchison in the closet with his hands up over a cell phone. That's the problem. Or y'all doing stuff like saying, oh, you know, we going after this drug dealer. Y'all kill a 90 year old black woman and then say she was selling drugs until your own people got it on their conscience so much. They got to come out and say something. The problem is, is that when they decided to make these fake neighborhoods and we have people that are homeless on the streets sleeping and y'all, 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 y'all killed our our mental health facilities that were downtown, you know what I'm saying? So y'all took away places for them to go. Then they find us for feeding them. Then they closed down the park. They, excuse me. They closed down the parks from them being there. Then find us for feeding them. Like when you, when you do stuff like that, makes it, you know what I'm saying? And, and you, and you going to build you. So you going to go around the corner down the way. You're going to build these fake houses where y'all just popping out of windows and stuff. And these people are on the streets. Mm. Y'all won't give us money to help them, but we got money for y'all to play around. They don't have a good record. Atlanta been going over to Israel and being trained. Mm. Y'all doing tactics that's banned in war here on Atlantans and local Americans. Well, I mean, I think, but I think that's the whole point. I mean, Mr. Show, I think that that's we need to stop that, though, right? And so this referendum now is out. That's the next order. We're, we're now pushing people to referendum so it can get on the ballot. What, what's your thoughts on that process? Uh, so shout out to Marcus Coleman, shout who was a part of the um, Atlanta Solidarity Fund. And he has been out there since the beginning. Um, so I was able to um, speak with him and, you know, uh, find out more about the fact that, you know, this is not, and this kind of did give me more hope. Um, That's good. It did because I just know how Atlanta go, you know, but anyway. <laughs> Um, this is actually a proven concept already. You know, uh, a small town in Georgia, one older little white lady, you know, was able to stop Elon Musk from creating a place that would have been launching spacecraft with this same, you know, method. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so... That gives um, me hope too, then. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I'm excited. Um, we need 75,330 names within 60 days. After it's approved. So here's the thing. Okay, so 
because I'm I'm just a realist. You know what I'm saying? Um, Give it a buck. I know. (laughs) The thing is, is that people got to get involved. You know what I'm saying? It's not enough to be, you know, tweeting about it or watching it or, you know what I'm saying? Listening like you have to actually do something, you know, like it's not enough to just shoot stuff. You know what I'm saying? With your people and be like, man, they need to stop that. Like if if it's something that can be done, you know what I'm saying? Like people need to jump in. And I think that, yeah, I think that the information needs to be out there more or even. You know, I think that it needs to be more more realistic conversation around breaking up these plans of what they need to do and, you know, ensuring that, okay, if y'all got who we really. okay, so they already don't like me, so it don't matter anyway. Um, Who we really need to be targeting for real, for real is the Atlanta police foundation. Mm, I think, well. Keep going. I think I think people. Let's be let's be real here. You know, like they need to be more involved when your officers f up. Y'all y'all so involved on the other side of you know all these things. What pay pay for these mistakes when your officers make these mistakes? Ensure your officers. You know what I'm saying? Um, to hold up these standards that you guys believe in that we just personally haven't seen. You know, at a mass rate. You know. Um, so the fact that the fact that I'm with you 100. No, you know? I mean, but what you're saying there, I think, is is what people are asking for. They're asking for more community control over the police, right? Not just community policing, but they're asking for a. They're asking, they're asking for more resources. The the thing is, is that um, so let me tell y'all about the Atlanta way. Yeah, I didn't know because <laughs> the thing is, is that. But what is the Atlanta way? How the Atlanta way is supposed to be is that we all, you know what I'm saying, come together and help each other and work along. And we don't have to always agree, but, you know, we are trying to get to the bigger goal. So let's chop it up and see how we can get to this thing right here and tackle it. But what's actually happening, what the Atlanta way has changed to be is. These people that have money and power, this is what they want. And that's what everybody's going to do. And we really don't care about your opinion. You know, if you don't have enough money or stakehold to make those suggestions, Mm -hmm. you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that the way it works when you come up with these new laws and policies for the police officers, unfortunately, they still have the final say so on how it's rolled out and how it's done. That's where the problem is, mm. you know, and I learned that personally from being on Obama's 21st Century Policing Task Force for Atlanta. You know, we would come up with all of these things, you know, and before the we get the final suggestions or the they didn't already made a decision. And What's then they, we're finding out with everybody else on the news, like within we over here like Kermit the Frog. We ain't saying none of this, you know. And it's because the and and I was the person that had to ask that hard question, yeah. like and and we were told, and this is on wax, we were told that the police, they are able to re- they have the final say so and they have the final review before it's finalized, mm. and so they make the decision. We you can give them suggestions all day, you know, but the police chief and the police are going to make. The final decisions on those policies and that doesn't make sense 
We should be able to have independent investigations. We should be the Atlanta Citizens Review Board should have the final say so, you know, and then it should be reviewed through city council. You know, it doesn't it's no checks and balances if they're able to be judge, juror, jury and executioner. It doesn't make any sense. You know, even the mayor. The mayor can make certain, you know, suggestions and different things, but even he has a process if he wants to go over the police head. And then the thing is, is that it ain't about what he's doing on paper. It's about the problem of, you know, th- them th- that pressure that's going to come when you don't agree with it. So I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, one question on this was one, one last question. Folks can go to copcityvote.com to get more information, right? Okay. We're hoping to do that. We think referendum allows for whatever's going to happen. The city now has a voice, right? The city can vote. They with it, they ain't with it. So that's important. Um, hopefully, you and all your good folks that you know will use your power to this know, Let's get on board, referendum. How you vote in the ballot box is on you, but the referendum is important for everybody to get an opportunity to vote. I mean, now that I know about it, um, I am in full support. I've always been, you know, in support of the movement. Um, you know, I don't support the politics of the things that happen, you know, but um, me now having this information, um, I'm inviting everybody out. I'll have my team out. I'll already be um, canvassing so I can add this information to um the things that we're already giving to the community to get more feedback from them. Uh, But personally, I would now I'm putting on my marketing hat. um, Like let's, let's not play games here. Let's, let's be real. They are definitely going to be against this every step of the way. You don't need 75,000. You need four to 500,000 because they're going to bust down all of them names and find anything they can and any reason they can to push out them names. So what y'all need to do is y'all need to be at the largest events that are happening. I invite everybody. I'm a part of Juneteenth. I invite everybody out to come out to Juneteenth. Uh, June 16th through the 18th will be at Centennial Olympic Park. We normally do around 50,000 people. That's going to give you a chunk right there. You yep. know what I mean? Um, you, we, We're going to have different um, events going on. Every single event that is going on, we need to hit, you know, camps. We need to hit, yep. you know what I'm saying? Schools, um, like, do not play with it because this is so much more political than y'all know. Yep. Because the thing is, is that you got, you also got Fortune 100 companies who are, okay, so let's talk about the other side of Cop City because the reason why is so much money being proposed and why is so much hand, hand washing happening is because we also have some technology, some AI technology that's going to be going on at Cop City that is supposed to be ahead of the curve. And so you have a lot of companies that have poured a lot of money, you know, into and promised a lot of money into this already, you know, and they don't care nothing about Tortuguita. They don't care nothing about, you know, the people that will be killed. All they care about is them being able to use this technology and take that data to use for their company so they can be at the forefront. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's so much deeper than rap. You know what I'm saying? So hear me when I say. We got to be out here in droves, you know what I'm saying? Like, seriously, um, whatever is going on, you know what I'm saying? Be out there and. Having information, is it some type of materials that we can be 
you know, give it to people. Let me know. Everything's going to be, everything's going to be at copcityvote.com. Okay. And then get involved. Just one last question for you. What's going, what's next for you? And how can folks find me? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Sharbates or Sharbates. You just said Sharbates. Wait a minute. Hold on, man. I, that's my Instagram. Oh, okay. I am Sharbates. <laughs> the jokes. But um, coming up next, um, we will be uh, premiering My Body Hip Hop News of 2023. Yeah. And, uh, That's big. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, we'll have the Breaking the Chains Team Festival on July 28th. If you've got talent and you don't, go to breakinggenerationalchains.org. Org or go to Breaking the Chains ATL on Instagram. And if you need any marketing or if you're trying to start a nonprofit, hit me up and I got you. It is, y'all. One of the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Like what you heard on this episode? Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us at Think 100 Climate and at Hip Hop Caucus on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit thecoolestshow.com where you can take action for climate justice right now. You can also learn more about this podcast and donate to Think 100%, which is a non-profit project. Thank you for listening and all power to the people. It's the coolest show you know. It's the coolest show you know.